All right, now that we're all powered up this morning, I want to welcome you to the service this morning. If you're here visiting with us, we're especially glad that you're here. We hope that you know that you're our honored guest, and we would not only invite you, but we would encourage you to come back and be with us to worship and to praise at any ch time that you have the opportunity to come and be with us. Uh, this morning, we are going to be looking at the parable which Caleb read to us this morning. Uh, it is one of my favorite parables. So I would encourage you to take a Bible and follow along. Most of the scriptures that we go over are there in Matthew chapter 25. There's a few others, but they're on the board. Uh, if you brought a Bible here with you, I'd encourage you to follow along in that Bible if uh, you have your uh, telephone or iPad or some other device. Uh, encourage you to follow along in the scriptures. And to start, I want you to ask yourself the question that's on the board this morning. Am I invested? This morning, right now, as we are gathered here this morning, are you invested? Before we get to the parable, there's a certain idea I want you to keep in mind as we look at this parable. In Romans, the 14th chapter, Romans, the 14th chapter in verse 12, Paul is writing here to the Romans, and as he's closing out the 14th chapter there, just before we get to verse 12, he makes a statement, an observation, and he says that every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess unto God. If you imagine what Paul is saying, he is saying that every single one of us, not just us here today, but every single human throughout history will bow a knee and will confess unto God. And then he closes that idea with this in verse 12 so then every one of us shall give account of himself to God you know Paul says it doesn't matter if you examine yourself now because I assure you at some point there will be an examination that every single one of us will bow a knee and will confess to God and every single one of us will give account of himself to God. What does that tell you? That tells you that there won't come a time that I will stand before God and say, well, let me tell you all about Ian Jones. There will not come a time that I will get to stand before God and say, let me tell you all about Corinna and Savannah and Jenna and Emma, let me tell you my opinion. Let me tell you my judgments. Let me tell you what I saw. But there will come a time when Franklin will bow before God and will confess before God and will give account for Franklin. Now, keeping that in mind, I want you to look at what Peter said about this in 1 Peter, the fourth chapter, 
Peter says, as every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. You know, if you go back and you look at 1 Peter, the fourth chapter, just before he gives us this command, Peter is talking to us about fervent or real, sincere, intentional love of each other. He's talking there about fervently loving one another. And he says that fervent love or charity covers a multitude of sins. And then he says, use hospitality one to another. And having these ideas of love and hospitality, Peter says, as every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another. We understand what that word minister means. It means to serve like a waiter waits on other people at a table serve one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. You know what Paul and Peter were saying? Count your blessings. When was the last time you did that? You see, the idea that both Paul and Peter are putting out here is much like a businessman. You see, for, in order for a business to survive and to thrive, they have to keep an inventory. They have to know what they have, the goods that they have that they can sell, that they can put out. When was the last time you counted your blessings? I wonder what's going through your mind right now. <coughs> Roof over your head, a bed to sleep in, a job, friends, family, a car to get around, your health, breath in your lungs this morning. But are you invested? You see, being invested means you've taken those blessings and you laid them up so they, they can build. So that you've looked into the future. Let me ask you. Are you really invested this morning? Matthew, the 25th chapter, we're going to look here at what I said was one of my favorite parables. Matthew gives a number of parables here in Matthew. Jesus gives a number of parables here. 
that Matthew is recounting for us. He starts out with the parable of the ten young virgins. Uh, That's important to remember as we go through this because I want to look at this parable of the talents in a way that maybe you haven't looked at it in the past. You see, he starts out this parable with talking about ten virgins, and it tells us that five of those virgins were wise and five were foolish. And just so you understand the meaning of that parable, the ten virgins were the ones who were called uh, to the wedding party, and they would all have the lamps, and whenever the bridegroom came and opened the door, it was those ten virgins who would go in and light the way for the party to, for uh, the wedding party, for all of the people to come in uh, to the wedding. And they each had a job to do, and they, and they would lead the way, and they would light up the hall so that the bridegroom and the bride had a place to celebrate, if you will. The five wise brought oil for the lamps. The five foolish did not. And when the door uh, was open, those five foolish said, give us some of your oil. And the five wise said, no, because we may not have enough for us and for you. Go and purchase your own. So the five who were foolish had to leave. But the wedding party went into the gate. It says the bridegroom shut the door. And the five who were foolish, after they had gone and bought oil, they came back and they knocked on the door. And the bridegroom said, I don't know you. And then we get to verse 14. Verse 14 of Matthew chapter 25, if you're following along, says, For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. And unto one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to every man according to his several ability, and straightway took his journey. Then he that had received the five talents went and traded the same and made them other five talents. And likewise, he that had received two, he also gained other two. But he that had received one went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants cometh and reckoneth with them. And so he that had received the five talents came and brought other five talents, saying, Lord, thou deliverest unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained beside them five talents more. His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou in to the joy of thy Lord. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Before we continue, let's make sure we understand where we're at. The owner, if you will, the boss the Lord of the business took all that he had and it says he was going away for a while. He was going into a far country. He was going on vacation. And it says he took his goods and he distributed them between his servants. Now you have to understand that a talent 
in that time was a sum of money. That sum of money has been disputed, but we would look at that as basically a life savings. One talent was what we would call a life savings. It was a lot of money. He says he took one servant and he said, here's five life savings. Here's $500,000. And he went to another and he gave two talents or the equivalent of what we would look at as two life savings or $200,000. And then he went to another one and he said, here's one. And the Bible tells us that the first one who had been given five, he took those five talents. He took that big sum of money and he traded it. He put that money into commerce. He put that money to use. And he doubled it to ten. It says the one that had two talents took those two talents and did the same. He went out and he put it to use and he doubled it and he made four. And then there was one. The one who had been given one talent or $100,000 or a single life savings, if you will, it says he went and he dug a hole. And he put his Lord's money down in that hole and he covered that hole up. He filled it back in. And it says the boss, the Lord came back from his vacation. He came back from traveling. And in coming back from traveling, he called those servants to him. And here we see that the one who now has ten talents, who had doubled the five that he had been given he now has ten talents, and he's here to give an account to the Lord. He's here giving an account to his boss, his overseer. And he said, I had five, but I went out and I traded it, and now I have ten. And so now you have ten. The Bible tells us that the Lord answered, well done. Thou good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of thy Lord. I want you to notice there in verse 22 and 23, the response is much the same with the one who had been given two talents. The servant who had been given two talents, who went out and put that two talents to use, who put it into commerce, if you will, had four talents to bring back to the Lord. And the boss's response was the same. Well done, good and faithful servant. Well done. I want you to notice, though, the one who had only one talent there or had been given one talent. It says, then he which had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew thee that thou art a hard man reaping where thou hast not sown and gathering where thou hast not strawed. And I was afraid and went and hid thy talent in the earth. Lo, there thou hast that is thine. 
What was Jesus teaching in the parable of the talents? You know what I love so much about the parables is that the parables can be taught and can be understood on so many levels. You see, in the last 42 years, I've heard this parable taught in a number of ways. Uh, certainly, the parable is about money. And we can certainly uh, take something from this parable about our stewardship of the resources that we've been given. I assure you, there is not a single material resource you will take with you when you're gone. And certainly one of the lessons that we can take from this parable of the talents is how we've used our resources, the materials we've been blessed with for the benefit of the Lord. You know, over time, there's, there's been another way that we have looked at and often taught this parable uh, because I would say that the parable uses the word talent and we don't generally look at a talent as a sum of money. When we talk about talents, we talk about abilities. And maybe you have the ability of making music. My name's not Jones, so I don't have that ability. But maybe, just maybe, that's your talent, if you will. Maybe when you hear uh, the word talent, you think about somebody who can get up and comfortably speak to a group of people, and we call that a talent, right? A characteristic, and over time, uh, we've taught that not only does this parable talk about how we steward our resources, but it also talks about how we steward the talents that we've been given by God. And sometimes we say, you know, there are those who have a lot of talents. There are those who can do a number of things. There are those who just seem to have lots of abilities. And certainly, that wisdom is there in this parable. But as I've studied this parable more, I think maybe I've had the wrong idea in mind about what Jesus was teaching on a deeper level. I wonder, when you hear the parable of the talents, and you hear of the servant who was given five talents by the boss, by the Lord, if someone comes to mind. I wonder if when you hear the parable of the talents, and you hear about that servant who had been given two talents, if someone specifically comes to mind. I wonder where you would put yourself if you were one of those servants in the parable of the talents. 
I want you to think about that for a second. If you were actually one of the servants that the Lord was talking about here, the five talent, the two talent, or the one talent servant, which one would you be? You ever thought about that? See, because here's what we know. When Jesus started this parable, he said, the kingdom of heaven is like. So when you hear about the parable of the talent, if we're talking about money and he was teaching about money, then the kingdom of heaven is like a class system where if you have a lot of money and a lot of resources, you need to double those, but make sure all your big resources, but see, it's about money. There's a lesson there, but, but he did say the kingdom of heaven is like. You know, if we were going to talk about talents, Jesus said the heaven is like, that, that the kingdom of heaven is like unto the Lord calling his servants and saying, you who have a lot of talent, a lot of ability, a lot of skill, you who can play a lot of instruments and you can run fast and you can speak well and you can do lots of things. See, you're like the five talent man. There's certainly a lesson there. Don't get me wrong. But, but if that was the deepest lesson that Jesus was giving, then, then here in effect is what he was saying. He was saying uh, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a talent show and there'll be a winner at the end. There's, there's a lesson there, but stay with me here. Down deep, what was Jesus teaching? If you want to mark Luke, the 12th chapter, I'll tell you that Luke, the 12th chapter is Luke's account, if you will, of the event in which the parables were taught in Matthew chapter 25. And if you go back and you read Luke's version of that, there's a question that was asked between the parable of the ten virgins and the parable of the talents. You see, in Luke, the 12th chapter, we find that after Jesus has given that parable of the ten virgins, Peter says, Lord, are you speaking this parable unto us or to everybody? What's he asking? You know what he's asking? He's asking, you see, there's some of us who are disciples. There's some of us who are following you. There's, there's some of us who, who have given up everything we've had, and, and we consider ourselves invested. But let me, let me ask you a question. Um, Lord, are you talking to us? Are you, are you talking to the disciples, or are you talking to everybody who's listening? You talking to everybody? And then Jesus says, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a Lord who gets all his resources and he's going to go into a far country. And he calls his servants together and under one of them, he gives five talents to another two and unto another one. I want you to notice as Jesus finishes out this story in Luke, the 12th chapter, Luke 
accounts that he ends it this way. Luke the 12th chapter verse 48 says, But he that knew not and did commit things worthy of stripes shall be beaten with few stripes. For unto whomsoever much is given, of him shall be much required. And to whom men have committed much, of him they will ask the more. We like to shorten this verse to this. In effect, what Jesus said as he finished out this parable is this, to whom much is given, much is expected. In fact, I would say that the word that Jesus actually used was much more powerful than that and is this, to whom much is given, much is required. Now I want you to notice from Peter's question to Jesus' statement here, was Jesus really teaching about money? Was Jesus really talking about the gifts of talents that he has put into my mind and into my hand? Or was Jesus talking about love, mercy, grace, forgiveness, long-suffering, gentleness, Kindness, meekness. You see, oftentimes when we look at the parable of the talents and we get a picture in our mind of who would be the five talent and who would be the two talent and who would be the one talent, usually it's the best, most glorious that we put at the top, right? We put the one who has the most resources. We put the one who has the most talents, and we say, that's the five-talent guy. And then we put one who's got some good qualities, who's got some good characteristics, who may not have quite as many resources as the five-talent one, but they've still got a lot more than me. We put them in the list, as the two-talent person, and then we look at that one-talent servant, and we go, oh, we know some of those. Those are the bad ones. Those are the ones who don't do any work. Those are the ones who eh, don't really have any ability. Those are the, really, the ones who don't have any resources, and I tell you, I think we've got that backwards. I wonder if the five-talent man is the one that we would call the worst of the worst. You ever thought of that? Let me ask you this. When was the last time that you put mercy or grace or love or kindness into commerce. What if those are the characteristics? What if those are the resources that Jesus was talking about here? What if the five-talent man was the one who had to have five talents in order to get there? You ever known that person? 
You know, I would say in, in every family, in every group, in every company, uh, in every organization, there's that one person who needs a little extra love. Who needs a little extra grace. Who needs a little extra mercy, if you will. You know, I would say the five-talent man is actually the greatest sinner. I think Paul's words would be the chief. The one who needed more mercy. The one who needed more grace. The one who needed more love. And that's why Jesus said, the one to whom much is given the one to whom much mercy, the one to whom much grace, the one to whom much forgiveness, the one to whom much love is given. Much is required. You know, in effect, what Jesus was saying was that that talent was the gospel. What is the gospel? We know the word means good news, but what's the good news? You know, one of the best news that I can get, I tell you on a daily basis, is if one of the girls goes to the mailbox and they say, inside there's a check. Because <laughs> it seems like every day they say there's a couple of bills and some junk. I'm going to tell you, it's really good news when a check comes in. That's not what Jesus was talking about. You know, the good news is that through the blood of Christ, you don't have to pay for your sins like you deserve. You know, the good news of Christ is that we have mercy and the fact that every bit of our righteousness, no matter how good we look at it, it's not good enough. <laughs> but through the blood of Christ, it's as good as it can get. See, that's the good news. And I wonder if that five-talent man that Jesus had in mind wasn't the one who took a lot of mercy. Who needed a lot of grace and a lot of sin covered. Who had a lot of love giving because he just wasn't strong enough to do it without it. I want you to recognize what happened to that five talent man, the worst of the worst. It says he went out and he traded. What did he trade? You know, it's real easy to look at this and say, well, obviously he's talking about money. He went out and he invested. He, he put money out there. He gave money out. He handed out. He was a giver, and the Bible tells us to be a giver. You know what Jesus required of the one who got love, who got mercy, who got grace? He required the giving out of love and the giving out of mercy and the giving out of grace and the giving out of forgiveness. 
And you know what that five-talent man said? He said, I took all that love and all that mercy and all that grace. And I went out and I passed it out. And guess what? I've got even more love and more grace and more mercy to bring back to you. You know, in effect, that's what the two-talent man was saying too. I knew that the Lord had to show me a lot of mercy and a lot of grace and a lot of love and a lot of forgiveness. And I took all of that that he had given me and I went out and I shared it. I put it out into the world. I invested. And you know what? Now, because of that, I've got double to give you. I want you to notice that one talent man. That one talent man has said, then he which had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew thee that thou art a hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown and gathering where thou hast not strawed. And I was afraid and went and hid thy talent in the earth. Lo, there thou hast that is thine. You know, we like to look at this one and we like to look at this guy and say, well, see, that's the guy that didn't have a lot of resources. That's the guy that didn't have a lot of qualities and he didn't just didn't do much for the Lord. I think it's the opposite. This is the man who was good enough in his own mind to get there all by himself. You know that one? You see, here's what this one knew. This one didn't have a, need a whole lot of love to get by. Whatever love he got, that was enough. This was the one who was good enough on his own, and he said, okay, guess what? I've got the Lord's, but you know what? I'm going to hide in the earth because he's a hard man, and he reaps where he has not sown. I want you to notice what the one talent guy said. I was afraid. I was afraid. You ever been afraid to love? Sounds kind of cliche, doesn't it? You ever been afraid to love? You ever been afraid to show mercy? Show a little grace? What could possibly happen when you do that? Maybe taken advantage of. You might get used. You might get abused. And so out of fear, what we take what little love we've been given, what little mercy we believe we needed, what little grace we believe that we needed at any time, what little forgiveness that we needed. And instead of getting used or abused, we go dig a hole and we put it in there. So then even that little bit of love and that little bit of grace and a little bit of mercy doesn't get put out there into commerce. The world never gets to see it. The world never really needed that anyway because I'm good enough to make it on my own. 
You know, I heard a preacher say one time, I wonder if there was another one in this story. I wonder if there was a servant who was given more than five talents. And that one who was given more than five talents, when the Lord came to take account, that servant said, well, here, Lord, this is what happened to me. You gave me seven talents, and I went and I invested it. You know what? I went out and I spread it throughout the world. In fact, I invested it into the world, and I took all of that love, and I took all of that mercy, and I took all of that grace, and I took all of that forgiveness, and I took all of that joy, and I gave it out everywhere I went. And you know what? I've come back to you, and I've got nothing to show for it. Let's think about that. Is that even a possibility? And this parable says no. The parable says that the one who was given the most talents, the most resources, the most love, the most grace, the most forgiveness, the most mercy, when he invested in the world, he doubled what he had. And he was able to come and give account and say this. Lord, you gave me a lot of love. You gave me a lot of mercy. You gave me a lot of grace. And return, I took all of that love and all of that mercy and all that grace and I invested in the world. Because that's the good news you gave me to share. That's the resources you gave me. And you see, there was something I recognized. I recognized that those resources, those qualities, those characteristics are the only ones I would take with me for eternity. I want you to notice the Lord's response to the one talent man. Verse 26 there, Matthew 25 says, His Lord answered and said unto him, Thou wicked and slothful servant, thou knewest that I reap where I sowed not and gather where I have not strawed. Thou oughtest therefore to have put my money to the exchangers, and then at my coming I should have received mine own with usury. Take therefore the talent from him and give it unto him which hath ten talents. You know, oftentimes I've looked at this story and I've gone, Man, that's... You know, this is the part that I'm confused about, you see, because when I've looked at this story, I've said the one with five talents, that's the one with a lot of resources, or maybe that's the one with lots of talents, lots of abilities, lots of characteristics, very charismatic, very good at things. And then this part never made sense to me. And the reason this part never made sense to me is because he took it away from the poor one. He took it away from the one who didn't have many, and he gave it to the one with lots of talents. But that's because I looked at it wrong. You see, the one who needed lots of love, lots of grace, lots of mercy, who recognized his need for the Lord and that love and that mercy and that grace, who doubled the gospel, who doubled his investment, 
the Lord said, see, this guy didn't need as much. This guy was pretty good on his own. This guy didn't have a whole lot of sin like some others have. This one didn't need a whole lot of grace, so he just needed the one talent. And you know what he did with it? That little bit of love, that little bit of grace, that little bit of mercy. Nothing. He kept it hidden. Out of fear, he did nothing with it. You know that one talent man, that one talent man, he didn't get used, he didn't get abused. He didn't get taken advantage of. He was never taken for granted. You know, the sad thing about that one is that the Lord finishes out this statement with, it was weeping and gnashing of teeth. See, in Galatians 6, Paul wrote it this way to them. He says, we have therefore opportunity to let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. Let me ask you this. Are you invested this morning? You see, every one of us will give an account. I wish I could let someone else go up and stand before God and say, let me tell you about Franklin. But unfortunately, in all that I know about myself, I'm going to have to be the one who does it. Fortunately, I have a mediator. And that mediator, Jesus Christ, gave his life on the cross and shed his blood for me. And he said, Franklin... I've given you lots of grace. I've given you lots and lots of mercy. And of you, I require lots of love, lots of grace, lots of mercy. Are you invested in eternity this morning? Have you been washed in the blood of Jesus Christ? Have you recognized that there is not a single one of us who will get there on our own? But we thank the Father that we have the opportunity to be covered by his blood being buried with him in baptism, arising to walk in the newness of life. And we're prepared to assist you in that obedience this morning. If you are a child of God, and you've hidden that grace, that mercy, that love, or if there's something that we can pray with you or for you so that you can get close to God this morning, We'd ask you to come forward as we stand and sing the song that's been selected.